So good morning. Uh, my name is Mike. I didn't mention that earlier. One of the pastors here. And, and welcome again. Welcome online for those who are there. I, I missed you all last week. Uh, I was up at a wedding rehearsal in Riverside, making sure that all the elements of the wedding were all set. Because, you know, you at, at that important of a ceremony, you don't want to miss an element. And, and uh, actually, the wedding is today. Uh, for that rehearsal, yes, last week was today. So uh, Christy and I will be heading up there in just a few hours uh, to do the wedding. It's it, it's a couple, um, a new couple to our church, Aldo and Becky. They Aldo has been up here um, being involved in the worship team. But we do rehearsals because each part of that service is important, and it's important to the whole. It's like a, a putting together something. You ever had, um, you ever put together something and had parts left over? And, and wondered if those parts were a big deal. Um, I, uh, in high school, uh, rebuilt the engine of my 289, uh, 289 engine of my uh, 67 Ford Mustang. It's like that Mustang there. That's not it. My, mine didn't look as pretty. Uh, mine had also a vinyl top on it, a fake vinyl top. It was glued onto the metal. Um, why they did that, I don't know. But it was nonetheless, it was my car. And so I rebuilt the engine. I took it all apart. Um, I'm fairly mechanically inclined, so I just took everything out, put it in different cans, you know, and places and stuff like that, and got it all fixed up and then put it all back together again after I had done some work on the heads and the block and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I got it all together. <clears throat> I put everything together, and I was putting the stuff away, and I, I moved some rags, and I found a part. And I wasn't sure what it was at first. This, is, this was it right there. Anybody know what that is? Yes, you all pick up. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know much about engines, but that's vital. <laughs> it, it sits there inside the oil pan, and the oil pump pumps the oil up inside the engine so the pistons can run up and down, the valves can run up and down, and everything moves as it's supposed to because the oil is keeping it greased up. If that's not there, the engine will seize. It's, it's vital. It's an important part. Needless to say, I, it's a good thing I didn't have the, all the oil jumped in it, but I was able to drop the pan and put that back in there. It was a great um, opportunity. See, the designer, the manufacturer, created the parts and put them together so that they would work in unity. And even though this part is hidden and nobody, hardly anybody knows really what that is, it's important because all the parts are important. So they accomplished what they were created for. And in my little 289 engine, it was to make that car fast. Woo! Oh, man, I love that car. Um, I put on, you know, dual exhaust with headers and a high-rise manifold and a Holley four-barrel pump carburetor. And it was great. And I, you know, I don't know what it is, but I just loved to drive fast. And until God convicted me. And then I got rid of the car and got a Honda CVCC. It's like one of those little pregnant roller skates that, you know, or kind of you know, car you pull back and then it goes. I did. It was humbling. All these cars are whizzing by me. I used to have a fast car. Anyways, but it, it, all the parts fit together so that that car would run the way it is. Your car is the same way. Maybe different nowadays uh, because of the technology, but it, 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 it's all put together, or, or it's like putting together an Ikea piece of furniture, you know, and deciding that, nah, I'm not going to use the bolts. I'm just going to use those wooden pegs. 
And that's good enough until you actually put some weight on it and it falls apart. See, the parts the manufacturer has assembled are important. Well, the Apostle Paul, in communicating to the struggling group of Jesus followers in Rome, was helping them see the designers, the, the creators, God's plan for them, and really for us, to band together in love, to share and to show faith in Christ Jesus, to share and to show life under Jesus' leadership. For as was said in Romans chapter 11, verse 36, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory. See, life is about Jesus. His name is the one that we magnify. His life is what we seek to build our life after. He is creator, he is owner, he is manufacturer. And we are all essential parts of what God has put together. Yes, in our world, but here locally, in local churches, like the Roman church. For God's will is to humbly engage our part of God's plan. And in Romans chapter 12 now, in our study of Romans, verse 3 to 9, we're given three uh, choices to be part of God's plan. And we're going to look at that this morning. Before we do, if you wouldn't mind setting aside your Bibles and notes, just set them aside for a second and stand up. <clears throat> Let's ask God to, to bless our time together. And, you know, I know he's got something for each one of us. There's something that he wants us to gain. He sovereignly has us part of this assembly today, whether it's here or online. And he wants us to, to get something from his word. So let's ask him. Father God, thank you. Thank you that your word is amazing. The Bible, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit uses it to teach each one of us at our point of need. And Lord, there's something in here for each one of us. And God, I pray that you would bring it out, to bring it to our, our, our front of our mind as we take this time together and walk through this wonderful book of Romans in this particular section in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 9. So Lord, bless this time. Holy Spirit, do your work in each one of our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to have a seat. <clears throat> uh, Crystal mentioned uh, a little bit of the, the worship folder that had the card inside of that. Inside that worship folder, there's a lot of helpful things. There's a flyer uh, I'll talk about in a minute about the um, loads of love. You saw the survey that Paul talked about. And now there's an outline inside there. You can take that out and you can dot down, jot down some notes. Uh, if you uh, get the church app, download that. The, that is on there too. You can just click a box and it fills it in automatically. There's also places to, to write. You can do that online as well. So I encourage you to take that out. Also encourage you to pick up one of the uh, study guides. Uh, if you go out these double doors and you go left, uh, there's a table there that has these on there. It's a great, some extra study. All the extra verses that I share will be on there. It'll be wonderful. And uh, they're also available online and that. So I encourage you to take your Bible and open up to Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible with you, our amazing ushers are walking down the aisle. They've got a stack of Bibles in their hands. If you want to borrow one, just wave at them. They'll be happy to give you a loaner. You can leave it there on your chair uh, when you're done, and we'll uh, Purell it and then put it on for the next person. Just kidding. It was a funny joke, Purell. I just feel like, you know, I kind of want to stand under one of those and you know, lather up, you know, soap down. <clears throat> but Paul was writing to the Roman church. Uh, the Roman church was divided, disunified. There was infighting fueled by pride between groups. One uh, feeling like they were more special than another. Uh, and a lot was around racial issues. <clears throat> Jewish people 
saying, you know, we're God's chosen people, uh, God's favorite. And others, Gentiles, most likely Roman citizens, feeling this uh, sense of pride in their citizenship and even an unintentional dominant culture pride being Roman and, and we're exclusive. And actually this happens in most every culture. The dominant culture uh, is not used to being inclusive because everybody culturally knows. And so we can be unintentionally exclusive to people not like us. It's like how we eat. There's all kinds of different uh, utensils for how we eat. There's some of these. You guys know what these are? Chopsticks. Yeah, okay. Some people use those. Or some people just use a, 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 a one spoon, maybe a spoon and chopsticks. Uh, uh, other people use a, a, a knife, fork, and a spoon. And, and we're taught how to eat. I remember when um, we moved from Canada here uh, to the U.S., and uh, the way we would eat uh, 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 food is that, you know, a knife and fork, you'd cut your thing and you'd eat it like this. It just made more sense. Or, you know, you'd line up your peas on your knife. And, you know, and my mom always told me, Mike, be careful how you eat. Because people may look down on you and how you eat. So just when you're there at somebody's house, just, you know, eat like they do. Like, you know, put, cut, cut your meat and then switch them. And then I just don't, don't understand that. It didn't make any sense to me. But, <clears throat> but we do that with eating. And, and uh, 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 I've heard... All kinds of users judge the variables of one over another, just like I did. <laughs> uh, I remember, it reminds me of a time when, um, when a few of us were in, uh, in India. Actually, myself and uh, Steve Ellis, one of our elders, and Justin McKeldry, we were doing a, a pastor training time in a church in India. And we were going through the day, and it was getting lunchtime, and we were noticing that all of the, these great dishes were being pulled out for all the pastors that were there. And they were looking at us funny, and I, I asked what was going on, and they said, oh, we're waiting for the, somebody to come take you back to the hotel to eat. I'm going, oh, we can't eat this food? He said, oh, you know, we, we're just, um, we want to be sensitive uh, because... Um, a lot of us in this area, we, we like to eat with our hands and, and we might, you might feel more comfortable, you know, eating with utensils. And I, uh, Steve and Justin, and I said, hey, we got those same utensils. Uh, we'd be happy. This food looks really good. And it was. And, and you know, we jumped in and, and we ate and it was, it was wonderful and joined in. And they were smiling because we were willing to be out of our comfort zone. And, and we were excited to be, try something new. We wanted to be included and they wanted to include us. And so we had to kind of step over some cultural things, but it, it's because it's easy to be exclusive and not even know it. And like, like the Roman church between Jewish people and those Roman Gentiles. The challenge Paul is bringing is that we are all people called to be part of God's plan who are unique, unique in our ethnicity. Remember, remember a few weeks ago, if you've been with us, we talked about the, the cultured olive tree and then the wild olive tree. We're different, but yet God grafts us in together to be one. Not that we lose our individuality because we are unique. We have unique personality, unique talents, unique abilities, unique gifting, unique background. And yes, like that important car part, we are unique, but we are to be part, we are to take the initiative and to find our connection together. See, God is calling us to join in and to be part of what he is doing, his will and his way 
together. And yes, as we learned last week, it will take sacrifice because God is worth it. So let's look now at these three choices uh, to be part of God's plan because God's will is to humbly engage our part of God's plan together. The first choice is be humble towards others. Take your Bible and open up to Romans chapter three, or chapter 5, verse 3. Paul writes, For the, By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, this verse is a sermon in itself. But let's break it down. To think is to, is to set our minds on, to choose to hold on to a thought. And, it, and it's tough. It's tough to choose a different mindset when the, the predominant mindset is out there. It's, it's like, let me do a little experiment. Um, some of you have been wondering what these bananas are doing up front here. I know that because you're going, why does Mike have bananas up front? I am. Exactly. So I want you to think of bananas. I want you to put a mental banana boom, right in your mind. Just, just think of bananas. Like the yellow, just a little bit of green. When you peel it off, it just tastes so wonderful. It's like, you got the mental banana in your mind? You got that? Is it right there? Yeah? Okay, now stop thinking about bananas. Just stop thinking about it. Don't think about the yellowness. Don't think about the, this one's from you know, Conchita. Uh, don't think about that. Don't think about, you're having a hard time thinking about it, aren't you? Because it's right up front and it's what you're looking at. But it is possible because I could say, hey, I want you to stop thinking about bananas because what I really want you to do is I want you now to think about, what are these? Just think about oranges. You thinking about oranges? You thinking about an orange? Put that mental orange right in your brain there. Oh, yeah, sweet. Right off the tree, open up, juicy, run down your cheek. When you eat, you thinking about bananas anymore? No, you're thinking about an orange. <laughs> last, last service, someone said, yes, I'm still thinking about banana. Oh, okay, you know, make, maybe make a smoothie or something, you know. Um, but, but, but you can shift your thinking. You can. It's, it's tough uh, to set our minds if not trained, but you can, especially when you replace it with something else like the orange. See, we can choose what we set our minds on. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things on the earth. <clears throat> See, the thing on the earth, the, the, the mental banana that gets put out there for us is that the life is all about us. We are the center of the universe, and life revolves around us. Our thoughts, our dreams, our desires, they are paramount and that's what the world says, boy. And you keep that mental banana is constantly on our mind. That's all we see. And yet God says, no, something's different. You need to think not what the world thinks, but think of what God thinks. Well, what does God think? Right here in Philippians 4, 8. Let's, let's read this out loud together. Finally, brothers, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, whatever is, if there is anything, if there is anything, think about these things. That's the, the, the mental orange God wants to replace the banana with. And in our mind, and again, I don't have anything against bananas or oranges. One is not better than the other as a fruit. It's just the illustration, okay? So don't walk away and say, Mike says bananas are of the earth. Well, they were made here, but they're blessed too. I mean, I make this great banana bread. Oh, a little coconut. 
Oh, so good. I digress. But we are to think and to choose to think humbly. And that's a challenge to set our minds on being humble because the world doesn't put it that way. The world says, think about self and put yourself forward. And yet God says to be humble. To be humble is to be inclusive, to be inviting, to be caring, serving, kind, forgiving, helpful. Philippians 2.4 puts it this way. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. For God's will is to humbly engage our part of God's plan together. And in this humble mindset, we are to be sober-minded. Sober-minded to the me-focused drunkenness of life. That life is not about me. Doesn't revolve around me. Not about my wants, my desires, my needs. Or getting that amazing Instagrammable moment or experience or amazing great likes or affirmations. But sobering that life is about serving our amazing and awesome and incredible sovereign God who has uniquely gifted us and placed us and has an even better, more fulfilling life for us if we would yield to him and come under his leadership. It's a life that we do not deserve. That's grace. It's waking up to the reality that God is in charge and choosing to humbly move under his leadership, using what God has given to us, this measure of faith, our gifting, our abilities, our talents, our aptitude, our character, our personality, our Enneagram number, our skills for his purposes. First Peter 4.10 puts it this way. As each of us, you know what each means? <laughs> each, every single one of us, not just the person next to you, but you. It's not just because, well, it's only for if I go to church or only if I read the Bible or only if, I, if I'm intelligent or only if I'm, I'm super spiritual. No, it's each, every one of us has received a gift to use it to serve one another as God's stewards of God's varied grace. We all have this measure of faith, this measure of grace that God has given to us. We all have them. No one is left out. We are an essential part of God's plan. And our job is to set our mind on humbly discovering and engaging what God has given us. For God's will is to humbly engage our part of God's plan together. The next choice is to find our place on the team. Look at verses uh, 4 and 5 of Romans chapter 12. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one to another. The one body of Christ is the church, both the local expression and the global, greater worldwide body of Christ. This local gathering is to function like a human body with all the different, the different parts that work each way or like a well-oiled machine and all the parts connected and functioning as they should. For when they don't, <laughs> you ever driven an untuned car? <laughs> I have. Uh, it's, it's, it's not good. Or ever not felt in sync with your own body? It, it's a mess. 
And as a church, it's the same way. It's not about, we tend to not be about fulfilling God's purposes or plans or mission or vision. Now, what's interesting is that two years before Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, Paul wrote a more expanded version in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14. Matter of fact, if you, if you wouldn't mind, take your Bibles and just flip over to Corinthians. It's the very next book in, the, in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. This is the expanded version of this. Now, I'm not sure why uh, Paul um, wrote the expanded version to the Corinthians and, not, and the kind of shortened version to the Romans. I, I'm not sure, but here's the expanded version. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks or slaves or free, and all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not, uh, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chooses. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. See, our job then is to find our part and work it. So what is your place on the team? We need you. You are significant. And though you may not be seen like that oil pump uh, line, uh, it's important. So find it and figure out how to connect and participate. And here at Neighborhood Church, the big question is where do we fit into helping people thrive as fully functioning followers of Christ? And we hope you figure that out because we, and we try to give you help. So if you come to our Welcome to the Family class, our new members class, we walk through ways you can get involved. If you go onto our website and go under Serving, you can find a link and it will give a bunch of uh, opportunities. There's actually a link in your notes if you've got the electronic notes. And, and in the uh, study guide, there's a link there as well. Or you can open up the church app. Let me just do that right now. Um, you get onto the church app, and you you uh, uh, it's got the cool picture of a uh, of um, where is it? <laughs> there it is. It's got the cool picture of the old logo, which we're going to change soon. We when we kind of come over to the new neighborhood logo, it pu- push on that. It says "Welcome to the Cypress Church app." It'll soon say "Welcome to the Neighborhood Church app," and you say "Here it is this Sunday," and you okay. Well, that's already happening. You can get the ser- events there, uh, giving. Oh, look, there's a thing that says "Serve with us." You click that, and all of a sudden it has a bunch of opportunities to serve. And you click on those, and it says, "Oh, here's the different ways I can serve in that area." Oh, if I want, if I want to help, I can say, "I want to help," and you press that button, and, and it gets you right to an email where you can email somebody who will email you back, and you guys can have begin a conversation. The idea is that we're not to uh, uh, we're to participate in every way, and, and to take the initiative to figure that out. That's our part. 
And yes, we can participate in the, in the giving of the money that, that we make. And the truth is, is that sometimes we think that, yeah, we're part of the body, but we're the appendix. Wh- which side's the appendix on? I, which, the, right, the right side? Yeah, I think I said left side last time. I said, <laughs> I'm dyslexic, so you wouldn't want me to be your surgeon. <laughs> and the appendix is in here somewhere. Oh, it's the other side. Okay, cut over. <laughs> but but, but you, know what the, you know what the appendix does? Nothing, exactly. Some people say, yeah, I'm, part of the, I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm an appendix. That's not the way it works. The truth is, is that when the appendix, you know, something happens to the appendix, they get all twisted out of shape, what happens? You need surgery fast because it'll kill you. Unfortunately, that's the same thing with the, with the body of Christ. Some people get so, they aren't doing anything, and then they get so bent out of shape, and it makes sick the whole body. But, but the idea is that, that we're, not, we're not just nothing. We actually have a, a function that God has called us to, to, to participate in. So what's your part? See, God sovereignly gifted you with a measure of faith, a measure of grace, and strategically placed you in this church at this time so that you would find your place and be part of the team. And in that, you will thrive. And so will the rest of us. See, we have this, we have this unfortunate notion that we need to get all spiritual I need to make sure that I'm all, everything's spiritually right. When I'm really spiritually strong, then I'll go and serve. And then that, usually that means that we're serving on our own effort and not on God's effort. We just need to get out there and how we get strong spiritually is through serving. That's the important part is that it will help you mature in faith and, 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 and as you find your place in the team. And it happens as you join in. We all have a place and our job is to find us to not sit and to wait. So check out the app. Look online. T- take one of the connection cards that uh, Crystal talked about and say, hey, I, I need to f- I'm going to find a place of ministry. I'm not so sure where I fit. Uh, but find a place. There's actually opportunities even right now. So if you open up your worship folder, there's a, there's a work day coming up. Uh, really soon, it, it's on, it's on uh, uh, March 21st. You can be involved in that. Everybody can help with that. But there's also another way uh, called Loads of Love. We're going to go take over a laundromat, and we're going to uh, give money and, and soap and stuff to have people do their laundry, and then we're going to talk to them, not necessarily as hardcore evangelism. We're just going to share life with them and get to know them. And, and actually, we need people. And some of you are really good at talking with people. And, and, and t- you need to be part of this. Go, go sign up at the end of the service. There'll be somebody in the lobby there. Sign up. We need you. There's a special training on the 15th next month, uh, next week, I mean, to, to uh, jump in that because we all want you to be trained before we go and know the specifics. Uh, but also part of that, there's also a team that the team that put this together is a community engagement team. Boy, if you have an aptitude for getting involved in your community or want to be or just that seems interesting, jump in. Boy, put on your connection card. Mike, I want to be part of the community engagement team and I'll contact you and we'll get together and we want you to be part of that. There's all kinds of ways. It could be in the, yes, in the community, the community uh, 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 parks and rec department and we're going to have an opportunity about being part of their Easter program and we'll tell you about that in a moment. Uh, the community engagement team is bringing that up and also maybe you can be involved in your kids or grandkids school or sports teams or any one of our city programs or at work. See, see, no one is left out. For God's will is to humbly engage our part of God's plan together. Which brings us to the next choice. It is to engage together. Go back, you're in, if you're in, still in 1 Corinthians, go back to Romans uh, chapter 12 again and now looking at verse 6. Let me just read that first part of that verse together. It says, Having 
gifts that differ according to the grace given, let us use them. We all have gifts given to us. They were given for a purpose. 1 Corinthians 12 puts it this way, verse 7, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The common good is your good, my good, the good of those around us, uh, the good of God's purposes, because as Ephesians 2.10 says that when we do good works, it brings God glory. When we are using our gifts and abilities, it brings God glory. But none of that happens if we just sit and expect a gift to kind of hit us in the face and use it. There's a parable uh, Jesus told. If I write this down, you can study it later because I'll just briefly go over it. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to around 30. It's called the parable of the talents. Jesus is talking about this very thing of, of using the gifts and abilities that God has given you. And he says, uh, there's a story of a landowner, a, a ruler, a master. <clears throat> and he pulled together three of his servants. And to one he gave five talents of five bundles of money or five whatever. He gave him five talents. Uh, to another one he gave two and to another he gave one. He said, go and, and make some profit for me. Do what you're supposed to do with these things. And they, were, they, they went out. As a matter of fact, the, the guy who had received five, he immediately went out and he earned five more. The one who had two went out very soon after and, and, and he made two more. But the one who had one, he did nothing. He actually hid it and just forgot about it. Well, the master comes back and <clears throat> wants a reckoning of, of what's gone on. And the, the two that gained more, he said, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. You have served your master well. And then it came to the guy who did one. And if you read it, you think, well, that's pretty harsh what the master said because he called him a wicked and lazy slave, an inattentive servant, because he did nothing with what he was given. See, we're to engage together our gifting. I'd encourage you to read that story and let it marinate in your heart what God wants you to say about that. Well, Paul goes on in Romans, verse 6, having <clears throat> gifts that differ according to the grace given to them, let us use them if prophecy in the proportion of to, to our faith. If serving, in our serving, if the one who teaches in, our, in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, that's passion, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, with joy. Paul is saying, here's how to use these gifts. <clears throat> with prophecy, the proclaiming of God's truth, extend faith. Not do it on your own power, which is so easy to do but to do it on faith with God's power. In serving, yes, serve. In teaching, teach. In encourage, encourage. And in giving, be generous. In leading, be passionate. Because it's easy just to simply to go through the motions. And in mercy, this caring about others, to be joyful. Because if you've been a caregiver at all, sometimes it doesn't get joyful. And we need to keep shifting our thinking changing our mind, and become joyful in our serving. Now, what's very interesting is whatever gifts or abilities or time or money we give, we are to extend faith, to do the action of the gift well, to serve well, play the instrument well, work in the nursery well, do whatever God has called you to do well. Also being generous and passionate 
and with joy. As well, with these seven, Paul mentions, though some of us may be more uniquely gifted in these areas, all of us should practice these. I'm going to list a bunch of verses. I want you to encourage you to, you can get them in the uh, study guide or if you want to try to write them in, you can. They're up on the screen. But, but basically, God has called us to do all of these things. We should be practicing prophecy. Now, not the prophecy of foretelling, but the prophecy of proclaiming what God says. What we've learned from God, we should share with others. We should be all be serving, as Ephesians 2.10 says, to bring God glory. Uh, to teach, as Mark 16.15 says, that we're to, to go and to, to teach the gospel, preach the gospel, tell people about Jesus. That we're to encourage others, as Romans 12.15 says, to give generously, as Romans 12.13 says, to lead passionately, as Romans 12.11 says, and to show mercy with joy, like Luke 6.35 encourages us. We're all to be involved with all of these things in various degrees. And those of us who are gifted in those, absolutely. But let's engage our gifting together with faith, seeking to do our best at our task, being generous and passionate and with joy. See, God's will is to humbly engage our part of God's plan together. Uh, be it doing a wedding, a mechanic working on our car, a surgeon working on our body, or being a servant of all the Almighty God, every part is important. You are important. So be humble. Be humble towards others. Find your place on the team, and let's engage together. Because God's will is to humbly engage our part of God's plan together. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we um, just heard this encouragement and, and challenge to be part of what you're doing, uh, to be part of this machine that you miraculously put together in what we know to be the church, um, sometimes we feel insignificant. Sometimes we feel like we're not ready or we don't really feel all that empowered or encouraged or maybe we're too overwhelmed. And yet, Lord, you've called us to be part in some way. Lord, help us. Whether it's signing up to be part of the loads of love or coming to the workday or jumping into a ministry or something in our neighborhood or whatever it is, God, show us what our part is. And Lord, we know that shifts from time to time. And that's okay. But God, help us to engage. Yes, humbly uh, with others. Not that we're any better than anybody else. But Lord, to know that we're part of a team. And to know that we are to get on with it. So God, help us in that and challenge us even in these moments of reflection, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.